Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us. Hour number two across the OutKick network. If you're listening to this great radio partner, we appreciate you. We hope you'll tweet us at OutKick 360. Let us know how you're listening to the show. You can find a podcast replay just by searching the show. And you can find the audio wherever you download your podcast. Coming up, we will go through tomorrow's big games across college football. We picked out five of them. We'll go in-depth there. Uh, And later, we will uh, preview the top games across the NFL. That's in about 20 minutes. Right now, though, uh, some headlines out there. Chiefs top the Chargers. Guys, last year, week one, I bought into the, the Browns way too much based on how they played the Chiefs. I'm doing the exact same thing in week two on how the Chargers played them because their coaching staff down to their players, I feel like, trust the defense more. And I think that propels them further than what they did a year ago where they're on the doorstep of the playoffs but ultimately didn't get in. Agree or disagree? Am I overrating the Los Angeles Chargers performance in a loss in Kansas City? I got a big sneeze coming. Chad, take it away. I know how Chad feels. Uh, I mean, I, I felt better about the Chargers than I did going into the season having watched them last night. Herbert had a gutty performance after the injury. He looked great. But I, I never thought the Chargers were bad. Right. I just don't think that – I don't, I don't see any evidence Chiefs that they've shelf. arrived. So I still feel like it's a razor's edge division in the AFC West. And I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are living above that edge. Just a little bit, as opposed to them. I, I think I have the Raiders also going in, in that. That doesn't look as good now after the loss of the Chargers, but it's going to be Chiefs, in my opinion, and then very close between the other three teams outside of Nathaniel Hackett, whose career is if over. He's dead to you. You <laughs> can't Broncos put, them court, clo- put them saying. close. What I just say? Outside of Nathaniel uh, Hackett, uh, whose career is over, it's going to be Razor's <laughs> Edge between Raiders and Chargers. And guess we saw in Week One, pretty close. Between the Raiders yeah. and the Chargers. I'd be with Close you, Hutt. Too also. Here's my concern. If you've got a rib or some kind of muscular thing in that area or <clears throat> punctured lung or whatever, and I don't know that we've heard anything conclusive today. Nothing yet. It looks like the kind of thing that it doesn't heal up in two days. And it, <clears throat> if something like that is bothering him, I know he's got a long week now, a, a mini buy, but something like that bothers you into the next week, and then you get a hit on it, and then the week after you get a hit on it, and then you can you land on it funny, or you take a sack and you land on the foot. I worry he's going to have something now that's going to be a lingering thing that is going to bother Justin Herbert for some time. I, and I, as I close as things are, not just with the Chiefs, but in a crowded AFC that we've talked about repeatedly with a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of good teams, I love the Chargers, but I worry that could be a difference maker for them if Justin Herbert can't be fully Justin Herbert because he's got something going on in his chest. 
What a gutsy performance, though. We'll get. I want to get to the Chiefs in a moment, but Herbert down ten. The fact they left him in, he could barely. I mean, it was third and in inches, third and one. That one where he ran sideways he just, and then he just like if he just runs two stopped. more yards and slides down, he gets a first down. And couldn't instead, do it. He couldn't do it. He could not move, so he just threw the football away. And then the next play, steps up in the pocket and delivers a strike down the middle on fourth and one. Throw of the night on a night Incredible. where there were a lot of great throws. Incredible. Um, gained a lot of respect for him. Patrick Mahomes is thirteen and two in the month of September now. That's crazy. nuts. I mean, that, how fast the Chiefs start in all of this. Um, were you guys like me? What was you trying to figure out the the emblem at the at fifty yard line for the Chiefs last night? Or was I the only one? I don't know. If it's I like noticed. an arrowhead. I thought it was like an arrowhead. Um, it, it's no longer the arrowhead emblem. It's like a like a corporate logo almost, or like a throwback to the old Arrowhead Stadium. I have to go back and take a look. I, I, I didn't notice it. I, uh, I was a little bit skeptical of Richard Sherman in the pre and post game. I yeah. thought he was pretty good. I thought he was great. I, I really thought if Fitzpatrick was about as good as I expected, I think Richard Sherman exceeded my expectations. Carissa Thompson's always good. Tony Gonzalez is Tony Gonzalez. I don't think he's great. He was a homer. But he's I think a big he's a uh, you know, big, tall, good-looking guy yeah. who will uh, talk, talk a little yeah. football, but he's not going to give you anything more than the basics. But I, I thought it was, even from that standpoint, was really well done down on the field with those, that team. I don't think I'm going to watch the stat cast or whatever it's called as much as others will. But I, I mean, I love the fact that you can pick up on players and they identify them with like a, a pinpoint. And they'll show you the route in real time. I don't want to see that all the time. I think it'd be great as a second watch. Here's the thing. You can't tape it. Yeah. You can't DVR it. So I can't DVR that. And then, like, if the Titans were on that Thursday night, I don't know if they've got a Thursday night this year. I think they do. I would love to have that to go back and watch as a second uh, watch or for my replay watch. But you can't tape it. And that's an issue, I think, with Thursday night football here is that you can't tape it. I, yeah, I tend to agree. I didn't even think about that. Well, you last can't night. tape it in your local market. It's on on in a local market, but that's one of the things people were annoyed with. Uh, Overall, though, I thought the quality of the, I it was very top good. Flight. Very good. Top flight. Chad, your top matchup this weekend in the SEC involves Texas A and M and Miami. Correct. It is game number one. Now, true SEC matchup is LSU Mississippi State. Yes. And beyond that, there's some tune-up games. Outside of, well, you could call this a tune-up game for Georgia in many ways. They're playing South Carolina. Um, But this is also a measuring stick of sorts for South Carolina. Yeah, what a a statement about Shane Beamer's efforts. Georgia's got a big tune-up game this weekend against the Gamecocks. They've allowed, on average, one and a half points per game so far this year. (laughs) Think about that. They're a 24 and a half point favorite. I do think Spencer Rattler is a better quarterback than Bo Nix. For, I like, I agree. So at least at least they'll face the top Spencer Rattler is of the season good so enough. He's inconsistent, but he's definitely good enough to beat you if you don't come in ready. He's he's got enough talent to make that happen. As good as and I just want to float this out there in the atmosphere. As good as Georgia has been over the last couple of years, what would it mean? What statement would be made if Stetson Bennett is one of the Heisman Trophy finalists in New York in December for Georgia's offense? I think to me, it, I, that's think it's a gonna, state. I think it's going to happen. Well, to me, no more receivers are transferring to Alabama if you're Georgia. And that's why I think they're going to run the score up on literally anyone this year. 
because of that. That game is in Columbia, by the way. That's a good um, <clears throat> this weekend. Good impetus to do that. Um, you know, we don't want anybody else leaving, so we're gonna go ahead and take advantage of late third quarter, yeah, fourth we're, quarter. We're going opportunities to pad your stats to, instead to, of be very conservative because with Stetson Bennett, the 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 perception is it's a very conservative offense paired with an elite defense. And they put up points last year. Stetson Bennett was good, not great. So far, he's been great. And now if you elevate him to that next level, to me, you're not losing any, anyone else to the SEC like they did last year. So George is a 25-point now favorite on the road in this game. The crazy thing about George's offense with Stetson Bennett, who's great, and I think he will end up in New York as a Heisman finalist, I don't know really how to identify their offense other than saying it's talented. <laughs> like, their style is talent on offense. They've got the best tight ends maybe in the history of the game, of college football, that we've seen. The best three-pack of tight ends. Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, as good as absolutely anyone ever. But I watch that offense, and I, I don't necessarily think it's a system they run. It's just we've got really talented guys. Yeah. At every part of our offense, we can run it, we can play action, we can throw it deep down the field. It's just whatever we're really feeling that day. You know, it's not like when Georgia plays, we know luxury. they're going to do this, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not even they're going to run the ball over and over. They're gonna do that. It's, we're going to do whatever we need, and we're just going to put up a bunch of points. That seems to be the offensive style. I like that. I mean, uh, I, I, it's more fun to not you know, know exactly what you're going to be watching. Well, I, I think South Carolina is better than what we'll see tomorrow, personally. Their offensive line, however, is not, and that's why I think this is a just thrashing. Shlacking. Thrashing. I don't know why I feel this way. I, I think this is, um, this is similar to the start that we saw against Vandy last year, Chad. Boy, that was... It's like 35 nothing at the end of the first quarter. I could see that tomorrow. Their offensive line is that bad. That was ridiculous. Um... But <laughs> double the spread. Let me let me say this: <laughs> if anyone anyone in you know conference, what? you know what? That's unexpected. Could just hang with Georgia for a half, even or three quarters. How much hope that could give the rest of the division? If we saw that glimpse of, oh, Georgia may be a tad bit susceptible right here. Yeah. Then how much different the perception will be? The problem is. I don't think South Carolina scored more than 10 points in this game. Doubling exactly. the spread would get us to 50, which would be only five points off the over-under. Nice. I think you take the over and you double the spread, you're going to make some money in this. Speaking of 50 and tune-up You games, want to tease it up to 50? <laughs> yeah. um, Tennessee is approaching Michigan-Hawaii territory against Akron. I think it's moved up to 49 at last check. It was open at 47 and a half. This What's the best thing Akron has going for it? A Akron, mobile quarterback. Uh, their nickname, the Zips. Yeah. Well, they have a mobile quarterback, but he got injured against Michigan State. Oh. Yeah, Michigan State. And uh, their backup, I've got to find this guy's name. It is unbelievable. No, their backup is a former Big Ten quarterback, right? No, their backup is Albany's, a former Albany quarterback. Oh, I thought you said it's Ryan Albany. So I was being be like, wow. <laughs> I mean, Ryan <laughs> really? Albany may put up better Athleticism is a little bit questionable. Than this guy. Um, I'll I'll find his name is unbelievable, but yeah, that would no, be that would be incredible if his name was actually unbelievable. They're uh, Albanese or unbelievable. Which one would you put? They're starting quarterback. Albanese. Here it is, 
Jeff Undercuffler Jr. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that this week. His last name is Undercuffler. So Tennessee is almost double the spread from the Georgia game. It's 46.5 right now. That's what I said. Yeah, it's getting close to Michigan-Hawaii territory. So... You so take it? Florida has South Florida. I would take Akron in that just because I think Tennessee's going to uh, let off let the gas. Off. I mean, they're, they're, they could be up 28 35 around halftime, third quarter. Yeah, but when they pick Joe, Joe Milton's been good. Over yeah, under they, six they, they keep scoring. If they run the offense, yeah. if they don't just hand off three or four times and not pass it, then Joe Milton will score on them too. Over under uh, 67, uh, no money lines available at this time. You can't. You can't even take Akron. Um, well, you can, you can find them offshore, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, a Bahamian account you the, can go the to. The little lock symbol basically is saying go offshore. If you uh, want to get Akron, you got to go. You got to get some juice in Europe. So Florida takes on South Florida. Tennessee has Akron. The two teams, Florida Tennessee, meet next Saturday, a week from Saturday, in in Knoxville. Florida's got to use this to their advantage, Chad, to to figure out their passing game, because in the pocket. They're no threat in the passing game. But yeah. I don't know if South Florida's the opponent to do that against, honestly. It's I not just, Akron. It, the way right? Florida is set up right now, Anthony Richardson's going to dominate against South Florida. You know, he's going to take over. He's going to run in a little his bit. Way. He's going to pass. It's yeah. not going to be uh, drop back, five-step drop, and find uh, the second progression type passing, but he's going to dominate in his own way. I think Florida's schedule this year – is very simple. It comes down to either you have the athletes and the defensive scheme to slow down Anthony Richardson running the ball, or you don't. And that's going to determine when it's why I don't feel great a week out about Tennessee slowing down Florida because I don't think they have the defense to stop the rushing, the running quarterback. Kentucky does. Right? Kentucky has yeah, that. They had the and they had a great scheme, and they knew exactly how to make Anthony Richardson throw the ball accurately, and he couldn't do it. And it's not just throwing it accurately, it's throwing with the right pace. He's got no touch when he throws the ball. That, that's going to be a problem for him. So, like I said Monday, again, I don't know, I don't know what South Florida is going to show us in this matchup because I think he's just going to. He's going to ad lib and make big plays, and Florida's yeah. going to win going away. Elite athlete, but. Decent quarterback, right? Like that. Yeah, that's how I would judge Anthony. Well, great Richardson arm through two games. I mean, he's got an absolute cannon for an arm. It's just it's not reined in at this point. Uh, also, Vanderbilt, Northern Illinois is not going to get a ton of attention. We get it's that. Big on the two and a half, though. It's worthy of paying attention to. However, if you're not going to watch it, just due to the fact that is this the next step for Clark Lee and a Vanderbilt program that has been basement of college football last year and for the last handful of years where no one's expecting anything no one has talked about them really on a national level of any relevance since James Franklin was the head coach they're on the road at Northern Illinois the defending MAC champs and I don't I'm not saying this is a must win by any means but if you're trying to sell the fact that you're back on the path Wins against Hawaii and Elon don't carry much weight if you go on the road in the MAC and get crushed, right? Yeah. So it's not up to me. It's not. It goes back to my old motto. It's not if you lose, it's how you lose. I think we may see a changing of the guard at quarterback in this game with the freshman AJ I, Swan. 
I really like, if you are a better, I like Vandy on the money line in this game because I agree with you. This is not going to be Mike Wright's game throughout. I think at the very least, A.J. Swan is getting series in this game as a change of pace to see how it goes when they put him in the game. Um, Vandy's got better talent than Northern Illinois. As good as Northern Illinois is in the MAC, as bad as Vandy is in the SEC, and they are bottom-level SEC talent. They have better bodies, better football players. I wouldn't say better football players. Better talent than Northern Illinois. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to act rash about being better football players, <laughs> no, but they do. Have, they have better talent than uh, Anthony Orgy is better than anyone from a talent standpoint on the Northern Illinois roster yeah. for Vanderbilt. He's going to be an NFL draft pick. So I like Vandy. I, I think that this may be their last win of the season, but I think they're hitting the over two and a half in this game. They're going. They're going to DeKalb, Illinois. I've long said, Hutton, you don't just march into DeKalb, Illinois and come out with a win very often. You have said that. I think the doors do it this week. This is a big game for the over-under two-and-a-half wins. Yep. This is I it. think they get over it this week. I'm on the under it. So who, who do they have non-conference after this? Anyone have a schedule pulled up? Uh, I don't, anybody? This is, is four non-conference this is games. This is it. They, they play their four, four non-conference to games open to start. The season. They are straight SEC throughout okay. after this. Their best chance is Missouri. They get Missouri, I think, yeah. at home this year. So I in think if, if you're if that's you're a looking game for right a, now, watching both those a teams. Vandy team that could be a live dog later in the year against a bad SEC opponent, even though in previous seasons the bad SEC opponent waylays Vandy, this is a game to kind of measure up if that's going to happen or not. If they're a contender for a, a massive upset against Missouri, which last year it would have been. <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy to think how bad they were to what we've seen so far this year. And at some point, the hardest part for Clark Lee is going to be when do, when does he play his freshmen, the freshman class? Because well, it, play him now. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know what you're waiting on. I, I understand like you don't want to lose upperclassmen from a uh, just a roster depth construction standpoint. Yeah, you don't want to make it like a oh I'm going to play every freshman even if this guy's earned a job over him as a junior or senior because I want to provide hope to my fan base. Hope to future freshmen that I'm recruiting, and I want to give some life and juice to the program. You got to play the best player, but we got to start seeing what the future of Andy's going to look like. Their chance at getting to be a solid team in the SEC is to play freshmen and then play them again as sophomore, then play them again as juniors, and then when they get to be juniors and seniors, suddenly you look up and you got old quickly, and you have more experience and better depth than some teams in the SEC that are bringing in 18 transfers a year or that are losing 25 and, transfers a year. And a lot of year. cohesion. Yes. That, and we talked to Clark Lee. I think it's when you were also. out. I asked him about that. They're not going to be a portal school. I wrote a column about it, this idea that a school that builds that way might conceivably have the advantage, the old school advantage of having grown a team and have those kids go through it all together and have – you said, Chad, you don't look at a depth chart anymore and look at what class no. guys are in, but at a school like Vandy, it could actually matter. And you have a junior class yes. that's been together, a senior class that's been together, some role players in your freshmen and sophomores. And then Vandy, at best, I think we'd all agree, if you, you get a couple good classes, you could cycle. And every four years, you might be in position to, to have a 
eight win season, maybe. I, I, yeah. I don't know what the the top Look, is. Look, you're but, trying to get yeah. to six wins. I mean, at, at well, Vandy, that's that's the goal. You're trying to be talked about. Yeah, but ev- eventually you want to get to a level where you're doing better than that. But I mean, six wins should be a realistic goal every year. And if you go over that, great. But I mean, you need to you need to schedule in a manner. As long as you've got the four non conference game wiggle room, you need to schedule in a way that at least gives you three wins in those games. And, you know, knock off a couple SEC teams a year or a few, and you're going to get to six wins. So, no, I, I think, Paul, what you're saying, that, that's very realistic at Vanderbilt, but they're going to get hit by transfer the transfer portal too. Tyler Steen, their best player a year ago, is a, is a right tackle now at Alabama. You've got to do something super attractive to have those kids want to stay, be bought into that concept. And Clark Lee said he's selling that. Be here for all four years. Grow with us. Be part of it. But that all sounds good until Alabama comes and says, wow, you look great here. Yep. Come come win a national title. Later, we will go in depth on the top three SEC matchups of the weekend. Auburn, Penn State, Texas A&M, Miami, and LSU, Mississippi State, in no particular order. When we come back, we'll talk NFL, the top five matchups to watch for on Sunday. That's all next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us on this Friday edition to get you ready for the college and NFL weekend of football. Can I ask you a quick question? Go ahead. You're a concert goer. All yes, three of us are yes. concert goers. So Chad and I are both going to Pearl Jam I'm tonight. way less of the concert guy than you got. You're, yeah, I, I you, defer, you go to good Like shows. you defer to me to movies and TV shows. I defer to you to music. You guys are the experts. But he wants to know the recent set lists of Pearl Jam. I don't We're want going to, know. to Pearl Jam tonight here in Nashville. I, I like to be surprised and not know what's next very much. He wants to know and anticipate a bathroom break and stuff like that. Where do you fall in this? I uh so if I'm seeing someone for the first time, I prefer not to know. However, if it's a uh, Dave, Dave Matthews, Matthews is your band. I want to know the set list, but it changes every night. A lot of these Right, so Dave, these, Dave Matthews, I presume, is like Springsteen's got kind of a framework, and then there are parts that get completely yeah, changed. Yeah, I mean, there, there are sites that are dedicated to keeping up with how many times they've played right. certain songs live, what they open with, what they close with, and what's in between. So it's very difficult to find out those. If I'm, if I'm going for a second or third time to see an artist, I would prefer to know the set list because I can then bounce for a bathroom break or you know, food, drink, whatever knowing that I've got this little period of time that no one else knows about. See, I'll just bounce when they start playing something I don't know. Well, so does everyone else, though. Yeah. You see what I'm so saying? you can get ahead of it. 
Uh, like when I saw in Backstreet Boys set list, they were playing the new stuff. <laughs> I would take that chance to go. Yeah, so what song did they play that you said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm like, guys, uh, we've got two Christmas songs. songs? We got, did they play Christmas song? We have, th- this song did is from 2000. This is new. This is from 2008. <laughs> we've got two songs, go to the bathroom and get back for the call. <laughs> Coming up a little bit Did later. they play any of the Christmas songs we never asked you? I don't think so. <laughs> it's all a blur. Well, he, he would remember I, I can't wait for this show tonight. Very, very excited. If they play, I told you guys, if they play Dissonant, I need to know. I mean, I have I've been, I've seen, don't, I don't want to know. Oh, go ahead and show you me. two consult private. I, I don't want to talk I, about it. Well, you can show you me. Were, you wanted to know some of this. I, I, I found, for Pearl Jam, this is pretty cool. Uh, there's a, a site at setlist.fm. Yeah, they, every, they cover yeah, everything. You can find the average set list for the whole concert tour for 2022. So I started looking at like Madison Square Garden a week and a half ago. I think they were in Camden, New Jersey, uh, most recently. And I'm looking at the, and I'm like, oh, I found this average one. I, I started going through it. I'm thinking, okay, getting excited, getting excited. Here's a three song uh, playlist that I would go to the bathroom for in this part of it. Then I could come back for these four in a row that I'm so, going to love. And he told me there's a good chance of State and Love and Trust, which is one of my two favorite. Hail, hail sounds like maybe not. But at least I don't know where. Like, I don't know when it's coming. I know it'll show up, but I don't know where. Yeah, I, I feel like it's probably half and half on people that want to know the set list versus not. However, uh, when you're uh, like us, humble brag, and you've got people that can text you from the stage yeah. a set list, yeah. you it's take good. it. Look, it's you good. You take it. This is the key to life. It's good <laughs> to have a guy. Oh, we've you got want a, a guy for guy. everything. You know, the owner of Mitch, the owner of Speaker City in old school, had a, had a sand guy. <laughs> He had, he, a, knew a guy. he had, he had, he had right. everything, right? He's talking at the party. He's like, Shout out Reno. We, we could do foam. Uh, we could do sand. We go to wall-to-wall sand in here and have a beach party. I got a good sand guy. Get it at cost. It's good to have a guy. On this set list site, though, Paul, it's great. You can go through show openers and see how many times they've opened the show. Like, they've opened with Daughter twice. They've opened with Release three times. But it's cool to see... And then it's a bunch they've opened with one Here, time. Here's they where, mix it up, though. Like there's, It's hard to get a good sense good. of what here's, they're going to do. Here's where, just briefly, here's where the knowledge of knowing the set list comes in. The security guys, here's my advice to anybody going to a concert. All of the security guys from outside the concourse at a big arena to walking into a Section 5 at Ryman Auditorium, they all know when the encore is going to start, which means they know when the show is, when the band is scheduled to take the stage. So if you can you pair can that, if you're there for the opener and you know when the band is scheduled to take the stage as the main attraction, you can pair up everything based on beers, that. So you can your let, let the big wave of beers and bathroom take place and you know that at 905, 904, it can be very specific. Right. They're going to take the stage, the lights dim, and you... If you know that, that's very beneficial, and you don't even have to know the set list. Yeah, we all use that. But the security guys know that. So befriend the security guys at all times. Yes. And you'll get that information. And if there's an encore, how long it's going to be. Have one of them in your your fantasy league. They all know it. Um, This weekend, NFL-wise, guys, we've got a a few games to to look at. Buccaneers and Saints among our top five games to watch this weekend. Uh, Noon Central, 1 p.m., Eastern on Fox. This is a game that over the last two seasons, New Orleans has found a way to win. We mentioned the record for Brady. Uh, however, Tampa Bay's favored on the road by two and a half in New Orleans as the Saints open their season there at home. 
I think that's a presumption that that uh, obviously they're going to finally figure it out, and that Brady will uh, will pour it on. Also, that um, Sean Payton's not there, and Jameis Winston, you know, has been a part of a couple of those, but not and Kamara's not banged all. up, and Kamara's questionable. Good game time decision. I mean, that's a probably. factor for sure. Um, I, I, you guys know I'm taking the money line here. I'm taking the Saints as the home underdog. I think they're good defensively. They're very sound, and I think they have uh, a, a number of weapons offensively to move the ball against the Buccaneers' defense. Well, we saw one of them last week in in the Dolphins beating uh, New England, especially in Miami. Some teams just really have a, a team's number, and and there's substance to that. That's not accidental. This defense, by the way, is one of three defenses in the career of Tom Brady to hold him scoreless, this Saints defense. They haven't changed that much from last year to this year. I like the Saints at home. I'm bullish on this, but two and a half to me, I think that's fool's gold. I think that's Vegas thinking, oh, everyone's going to bet Brady, right? I know Dallas is, you know, we're talking a lot more about Dallas's offense being inept in that first week. Tampa's defense had a lot to do with that. Um, I, I like that's what gives me pause on picking the Saints is less about Brady against the Saints defense and more about Bucks defense against Jameis Winston and the Saints offense, especially if it's without Alvin Kamara. So I'm I'm going with you. I'm riding I'm riding Let's this go. one hunting. I'm going as part of a parlay, Saints money line, but that's what gives me pause. I, I, I think that's good. I worry about Jameis Winston every time he picks up a football. We'll tell you all the lines by DraftKings. So it's Buccaneers minus two and a half on the road at New Orleans. Number two, Dolphins on the road against Baltimore. All offseason, I've been high on Mike McDaniel. And they win at home against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Now their first road test, and then they turn around and they will play Buffalo back at home next week. This is one of those games where we find out how good Miami is. Can Tua spread it around to as many different receivers as he did a week ago but still keep the top guys happy. He completed passes to nine different receivers, and uh, Hill had nine receptions in this game for nearly 100 yards. Very good in that respect. Very efficient. Not a lot of points. Their defense took care of some other things, scoring and helping out the scoreboard here. Um, But here's Baltimore, favored by three and a half at home, and I don't disagree with this line with Lamar Jackson playing very well and throwing the football. J.K. Dobbins is back. He's been back to practice. Assumptions are he is going to play this week for the first time since his injury last year. I like Baltimore at home, although I think Miami keeps this close for a while. I I do too. How much is the Ravens defense, a traditional Ravens defense, is, is part of my question here. And then is Tua equipped to deal with that? And are they equipped to run enough to keep it balance to not put it all on Tua's shoulders. That, to me, is the, the, the key to this game from Miami's standpoint. And I have a feeling the Ravens are equipped to get back to being a, a, a somewhat typical Ravens defense. Though I have a little bit of a question because they're in transition. They, they, they change coordinators. If you yes. want to get Mike McDaniel fever going hot and heavy, win this game yeah. on the road in Baltimore with Miami and start out 2-0 with a win over Bill Belichick, and a win over Baltimore and Harbaugh on the road would be enormous. By the way, props to Mike McDaniel for going like long sleeve sweatshirt in the heat and humidity of Miami 
I don't know if you guys saw Football him on the sideline of that game. Football coaches love to wear long sleeves. Well, and he had sweat like in really odd places. You know, like, usually the sweat stain is going to come up here or under the arms. He had like a sweat stain like on the middle of his belly, then a sweat stain up on one of his pecs. So when he was shaking hands with uh, with Bill Belichick, there were some oddly placed sweat stains. But I mean, I would be it looked like someone dumped a bucket of water on top of me if I wore this sweatshirt in Miami. <laughs> In that heat, this humidity. is the analysis you can come to us for. Chad Withrow with a breakdown of where McDaniel sweated through his sweat hoodie. Expert. Pretty much any boy band or sweat talk, I've got you. Even Keith Sweat, we can talk about Keith Sweat. Or also, speaking of boy seen. bands, wasn't Keith Sweat in New Edition? Also, by the way, speaking of that's boy your band field time? of expertise. No, no you he should wasn't. Know. Bobby Brown was. I know that. Bobby Brown was. Yeah, but that's a fail on Keith Sweat. You should know. All right, something he should have been if he wasn't. <laughs> there are a lot of double-digit spreads. A lot of double-digit spreads this week. One of them is not Cincinnati at Dallas. Seven and a half is the spread since he on the road against Dallas. I'll do my part to help that spread move. This to me is about the Bengals' offensive line. The betting public does not trust Cincinnati's offensive line and the overall that they've had. 70 sacks if you count the playoffs, and those count. Those are hits on the quarterback where he went down and it counted in the, in the scorebook last year. Seven sacks this past week to the Pittsburgh defense. This is one of the best defenses from a year ago in Dallas, now facing Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I would have expected double digits based on the fact that Dak Prescott is out. The fact that it's seven and a half, I raise an eyebrow to this. You know, Hunt, I've seen him sack nine times in a huge stakes game and win. Yeah, 11, but two didn't count. I'm going to take Joe Burrow to figure out a way to overcome after a a not good week where he almost figured out a way to overcome. I think Dallas has to be deflated. I understand they've got a a good defense and, and, you know, they could still do some things. Cooper Rush is going to make mistakes. Um, and, and the Bengals have a, a decent defense. A decent is underselling, I think. They'll, they'll make some plays against Cooper Rush. Um, the, the Cowboys aren't the only team in this game that can rush the passer. I, I'm betting on Burrow. Okay. Chad, consider this spread and just know that the Cowboys were the only offense to not score a touchdown in week one. And you've got them going, maintaining. Paul, Paul how old do you think Keith Sweat is? I, I, I don't know who Keith Sweat is. I, I, you have no idea, who, no Keith idea Sweat is? who Keith Sweat is? Hutton? I would say 49. 61. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that that's really, boy I, I've been contemplating that the whole time. We've been talking about this terrible Cowboys offense led by Cooper Rush. So you're, you're taking the points, right? I'm taking the points. Cincinnati's going to bounce back. Burrow's oh, not going to have as bad Sorry. of a day. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Bengals big in this game. And... Uh, all the Cowboys fans are going to be panicked this, after this week when they just get I'm, housed at home I'm by just saying, Cincy. I'm just saying, be careful with this because Dallas's defense led the NFL in takeaways last year. Last week, Cincinnati's offense gave it away five times. Well, you're using the thing. You look at that spread. You say that spread should be bigger. It should be. And when you look at a spread, this is a big thing. When, and this is why I didn't go with you on the Jaguars last okay. week. I okay. looked at that spread. I said that spread's off. And when that spread's off, it often goes in favor of the team that you think it's off for. Four. Right. So you're, go, you're, you're thinking maybe there's a Cowboys chance here. That's why I thought the Commanders were going to win okay. last week because I thought the Jags should have been favored by more. Cardinals and Raiders 
if the Cardinals are going to maintain any sort of relevance, to me, this is a game they have to go on the road and win. No one's picking them. Raiders are favored by six in this matchup, but the, the Raiders put up a, a great fight last week against the Chargers. The Cardinals did not. They were boat raced. And I mentioned Dave Pash in his call, the radio call, said this is basically the next week after last season's postseason loss to the Rams in terms of how they played. If they're going to wake up and play well without DeAndre Hopkins, it's got to be now. If they're 0-2, they're done. I saw the Cardinals, some write-ups of the Cardinals just getting shredded for not just how they played, but uh, for what they tried to do. Um, and the foolishness of what they tried to do in that opener. Another strike against Cliff Kingsbury. That team's heading the wrong direction. And, uh, you know, I think the Raiders have a big chance here to, to stay on even keel or, or to, with, with the Chargers um, and be only a game off the lead, right? Going back to Keith Sweat. Paul, how, why were you so adamant that he wasn't a new addition if you have no idea who he is? Oh, I well, just I, I wasn't like, oh, adamant. He wasn't a new I said you should know. Oh, okay. I said that, that you Sorry. should know. Um, Raiders big. <laughs> They're going to cover the six. They're going to bounce back. I've got them coming out of the into the playoffs out of the AFC West. They lose a close one to the Chargers. They're going to win big. And uh, old Cliffy, Cliffy's not going to be looking good after two. And weeks. by stay even with the Chargers, I mean record wise. Obviously, they have a loss to the Chargers. Finally, Bears and Packers. No I hate one. This game. No one's picking Chicago. Green Bay at home, favored by nine and a half. Justin Fields played better than Trey Lance in week one, but that's not saying much because Justin Fields was awful. And I think Aaron Rodgers would tell us all that the Green Bay offense was awful in the game against Minnesota. But yet it's nearly double digits at home against Chicago. Chicago's defense, I mean, they sold, uh, they got rid of uh, Khalil Mack, we know, to the Chargers last year in a, in a fire sale at the trade deadline. Point being, we've seen crazier things happen, and I've also seen better offensive players on Green Bay's lineup. I think Green Bay wins this game because of their run game. While they're still waiting on this offense to come, I don't think this is like last year, where they get blown out and then they just start rattling off offensive points and numbers and MVP-like performances from, from Aaron Rodgers. I think this is more of a grind and a struggle. I think they're good, not great for a while, their defense and their run game has to carry them. And my question is, does it carry them at home by double digits to their division rival? I, I'm not confident that they cover here. Me either. I think it'll be a bit of a struggle. But I think uh, ultimately, you know, their talent where they have it should, should win yeah, out. Aaron Rodgers should win this game. But the problem is, I don't trust... Lazard's back. That's a good sign. But again, I, I don't point to any one guy and say difference maker other than the quarterback yeah and that's an issue i believe that the packers will win this game i am concerned i'm not gonna lie i came into the season thinking aaron Rodgers will fix it it's not gonna be a problem i'm now concerned about the young receiver options for the packers after one game i think this is close i'll take the bears to cover i think the packers win a very tight defensive game that comes down to the wire but the Packers get it done, and we're left after two weeks asking more questions about Aaron Rodgers meshing with his young receivers. Or this is similar to everything he's done throughout his career. Coming off of a straight-up loss, he is 8-1 and one against Chicago. Well, he does own Chicago, and he's uh, told everybody in Chicago that <laughs> without 
any reluctance whatsoever. I mentioned yesterday the Packers are two and two in season openers with Matt Lafleur, and they are thirty-seven and nine in all other regular season games. Hey, one one more mention about last night. How about Andy Reid? With Keith Sweat. <laughs> Andy Reid being a hundred games over five hundred. One of how I many mean, coaches? He is in six, some major, major company. Well, I think I, fewer than when that. When I thought, Paul, I thought of you when I saw that set. I said, um, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. we will see him giving a speech in the Hall of Fame. I don't know that you need much to add to his presentation no. outside of uh, showing that and the, and the company that he keeps. Do you guys know what coach that's eligible based on amount of games coached is number one in NFL history and winning percentage? Matt LaFleur. Yep. As of this past week, even with a loss, first game made him he's eligible. now eligible for the winning percentage list. And he is number one in NFL history. Ahead of? Incredible. Uh, some guy who uh, left yeah, coaching in Detroit, the 1920s yeah. <laughs> to go be a farmer. I thought farmer. you were going to say like Ken Wisenhunt or something. Yeah. He, <laughs> he left at like 32 years old to go farm. And he coached from 25 to 32. Coming up, Paul's plus money props through DraftKings. You won money last Get week. Get ready. We're going to tell Three you the game within week. the games across the NFL next and Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Set the mood. 61, but still set the mood. All across the globe. I mean, still able to sound 19. It's a it's a real skill. So I said Keith Sweat was in New Edition. It was Bell Biv DeVoe. It was the guys who, who oh. made up Bell Biv DeVoe later in their career. That was at least two of them. I think Biv and DeVoe. <laughs> I'm sitting, no, all three. There was Rick, uh, Ricky Bell, too. Bell, Biv, and DeVoe were all in New Edition. So uh, both on the show right now and across 6th and Peabody, multiple screens outside, they, they can see Paul's money line, or excuse me, the plus money props for DraftKings.com and the DraftKings app. Three for four, I believe. Three for four. Last, last week. week on this. You're going to make money if you listen to PK here at DraftKings. I studied this hard. I studied it very hard. First one, uh, plus 125, Chris Boswell of the Steelers to kick over one and a half field goals. So he needs two field goals here. He hit three of four last week. The over-under on this game against um, New England is 40 and a half. That sounds to me like there's room for two field goals in that, I gentleman. I am with you on this a thousand percent. I uh, bet this immediately when I saw this. I, I was surprised it was as low as it was. I, I think there's going to be a field goal prop in this every week. Um, Lamar Jackson head-to-head with Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, passing yards, this is a, a money line bet. Lamar is plus 130 
uh, if he's better than Tua. Tua last week threw for 270. Lamar threw for 213. What I saw from Lamar was a couple nice-looking deep balls, and I imagine that he will throw uh, some more. I, I, I think it's a value at plus I 130. Think, I think he's almost mandating that he's the quarterback that is known for throwing, not running, in a weird way. Right, yeah, he wants to prove it These, uh, in, in this contract. Go ahead, Chad. You agree with me. This is, if I may, uh, the only problem with Paul's props yes. is not that they're not outstanding, because they are. They're so difficult to find, some of them. <laughs> I have to, like, yeah, you got to dig a little bit. I spend this entire segment listening to what you're saying while also just frantically searching my app trying to find the, the prop. Okay, so Boswell over one and a half field goals in the game against New England for Pittsburgh. Baltimore's quarterback, Lamar Jackson, to outpass Tua Tagovailoa this week. And two more to go, Paul. I think those, Chad, are labeled um, at DraftKings like H2H, the head-to-heads. Okay. All right, Devontae Parker has uh, not been doing a lot in all of this that we've heard about New England's terrible preseason training camp and everything. I've got him here under two and a half receptions. It's plus 135. This is also in the Steelers-New uh, England game. Last week he had two targets and one catch. Um, you know, you could say, well, they're going to go into this emphasizing that they're going to get to him more. Um, but I, I think we hear that a lot about guys. This maybe is the most dangerous one here, but I, I think they're going to have trouble finding uh, uh, finding a specific guy. And uh, I just don't think that they've figured out what to do since they traded for him. Two and a half is so low, though. Yeah, it is. You know, so I've read, low, a, I've read a piece to, at Establish the Run about how the the biggest moneymaker in these kind of picks is unders on receptions. So I'm with you on three of the four. This one I'm skeptical of. Okay. Your final one, though, I'm with. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk last week in, in Washington was targeted 12 times, had six catches. They want this guy to be their primary target for Lawrence, uh, plus 175 for a touchdown. These are so good. I still haven't found one of them. <laughs> Christian Kirk is going to score. Not even, I'm still looking at Take for a Chris, snapshot of that. I'm still looking for Chris Boswell over a field, a field goal and a half. They are going to force Christian Kirk to be a superstar in Jacksonville because of the money they paid him and by resetting the market for a third wide receiver. Take a snapshot of it, everybody. Headlines when we return. NFL final injury reports and much more. That's next on Outkick 360.